everybody, and welcome back to my podcast, Christian in Progress. My name is Samuel Perez, and just a little bit about myself, I am a former gay stripper. Yep, that's right, you heard that correctly. (laughs) I left behind the homosexual lifestyle to walk with Christ, and this podcast is all about how I do it, why I do it, and to help others like me and educate those that maybe aren't like me. I want to talk. But I really want to talk about what a real life with Jesus looks like in 2021. Nothing is off limits, and I want to be as transparent as I possibly can be. Before we get started, I want to let everybody know that this podcast is completely free to listen, and we do accept donations. And we have some awesome rewards and gifts for those who want to become patrons of the podcast. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, click on the description and you'll find the link to becoming a patron of the podcast um, today, which just means that you'll be making a regular monthly commitment. And we also have my website, SamuelAbrahamPerez.com, that is finally up, where you can find resources to give through PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App. On today's episode, I will be answering some questions from a faithful follower all the way from Poland. I'm, you know, I'm really excited. I think this is, I think that's super cool. Like the fact that people watch me all over the world, um, even some countries that don't speak English, I think that just kind of blows my mind. So this guy reached out to me on Instagram and he had a bunch of questions. (laughs) And of course I wanted to do a good job in just answering some of those questions. Uh, So I decided to put all of his questions on the podcast and that way you guys can benefit from some of these answers. So um, let's just dive right in. I'm going to pull up my notes right here. Also, guys, we are recording this um, visually as well. So if you're listening to this, that's great. But there is an, uh, a visual version of the podcast that's also available um, on YouTube. So if you want to go and watch us instead of just listening, you can do so on YouTube now. All right. So the first question is, what should I label myself as? Saying I'm gay seems to be wrong because I want to be what God wants me to be. I feel that saying I'm gay conflicts with my identity as a Christian. On the other hand, saying I'm a struggling homosexual is actually making me feel miserable and anxious because I'm struggling with my identity. Okay, so that is a lot, definitely. (laughs) So a lot of these questions all have to do with same-sex attraction. Uh, This uh, follower from Poland is struggling, obviously, with same-sex attraction. And so the four different questions are going to be all about that, just to give you guys a heads up. But okay, so first things first, what should I label myself as? Labeling. I think that's like, <laughs> I, get, I honestly, I can make an entire video on YouTube just about labels. Um, but I think labels are really big, like in the secular world, outside of Christianity. I think that's just how people can box you in. So for example, you know, like zodiac signs, or maybe even your sexuality, you know, I'm lesbian, I'm transgender, I am, I'm gay, it can help kind of people figure out, okay, what is this person all about? What is this person like? Maybe what are the person's dislikes? So I think if we're going to have any type of label um, as Christians, it's just like Christians, many, many Christ, you know, like people who follow Jesus, I think that's really the only type of label. Um, I would definitely like just myself speaking from my own experience, I would not accept the identity of being gay over my life just because I struggle with same sex attraction. So I think that's where the majority of people, um, maybe they get kind of stuck there. It's just like they think to themselves, okay, well, I have same sex attraction, therefore I'm gay. And if I tell people that, well, if I don't tell people that I'm gay, 
then I'm just lying to myself because I have same-sex attraction. Just because you struggle with same-sex attraction does not mean that you are gay. Um, remember that gay just means you're happy in the English language. So let's just refer to homosexual. Let's say I want to identify as homosexual. Just because I have same-sex attraction doesn't mean that I have to accept the fact that I am a homosexual. That just means that I have a feeling and my feelings don't make up my entire identity. So for example, let's say I wake up in, in the morning one day and I'm feeling really angry. Would you consider me to be an angry person just because one day I woke up and I was really angry? So now I'm just like, I go around and I tell people, hey, hi, my name is Samuel and I'm an angry person. I'm just like angry all the time. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's how it works, you know? So I think I think the, the world has tried to make it that, definitely. Like, they... People want to know, you know, what what side you're on, whether you like boys, whether you like girls. Um, I don't know. It's just something people. It's it's more for people to see whether they are comfortable with you around, how to act with you around, or and things and so on like that. But definitely, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and He becomes everything in your life, the only type of label that you should be putting on yourself is I'm a Christian. You know, I I am like a faithful follower of the teachings of Christ, you know, that's, that's what I love to do. So that really should be the only type of identification um, in my life as to where people kind of want to place me or what people want to think about me, even if that comes with some negative connotations. You know, um, I've had a lot of people in my life that just like, oh, you know, you're still gay, just because you left, um, just because you left a homosexual lifestyle doesn't mean that you're not gay anymore, you know, just because you're with Christ doesn't mean you're not gay. And, you know, to those people, honestly, like, I just tell them this. I'm like, yeah, I may be dealing with some type of same-sex attraction. I may be struggling with that. It's something that is not wanted. It's something that, of course, um, I wish I, I didn't have to deal with. But that doesn't mean that I have to accept the fact that I'm gay or I have to go around claiming that over my life because I think, like, our words have power, you know? And if I go around, like, for example, saying, I'm an angry person, Oh yeah, I'm angry. Like I have angry feelings. Even if I have angry feelings every single day, I shouldn't go around saying I'm an angry person. I'm an angry person because then I'm just speaking that like into life. And you know, there I believe that the power of life and death is in the tongue. That's what the scripture tells us. So there definitely is some type of power that comes out of um our our words. And to speak that identity over your life just because you struggle with same sex attraction, I think would be wrong. You know, I think. I think in America, we definitely have the freedom to decide whether or not we want to label ourselves as something. And I would simply not label myself as gay. So then I guess that would bring up what should we label ourselves, right? Like what, if somebody were to come up to me right now and they used to know that, okay, I was a practicing homosexual, like I used to go and I used to claim that I was gay and I used to talk about guys all the time. And then they see me now and they're like, okay, well, like, what do you identify as? <laughs> My response is always the same thing. I'm like, I'm a child of God. I'm a follower of Jesus. Like, I'm, I'm a Christian. And sometimes that is like really weird. <laughs> People might give me some weird stares or they might just be very confused because they're looking for an answer that is um, relating to sexual orientation, something that has to do with my sexuality. 
but my sexuality is no longer my sexuality uh, um, in Jesus Christ. Like according to scripture, I have died and therefore all of my desires and everything that is in fr coming from my flesh has died. I've been crucified with Christ according to Paul. So that's what scripture tells me. Therefore, if someone is concerned, first off, I don't even know why someone would be so overtly concerned with your sexual identity. I mean, that's, that's really a private thing, even as a Christian. Um, unless you are in a community or you're trying to make things clear for your friends, you know, I can totally understand that. Um, but just someone hounding you, maybe a stranger or, or maybe someone on the internet, or I don't know the type of situation that this, this guy is going through. Um, but it really is nobody's business. <laughs> so, but instead of being rude, you could totally not be rude and just be like, I'm a child of God. And then they'd be like, what does that mean? It just means that I love Jesus. It just means that he's my everything and like he's all that I focus on. Like I, I honestly really don't have any uh, specific time like to, to think about my sexuality really like, like that because all I think about all day is, is just Jesus. Like he's, he's my number one. He's my one thing always. So um, I definitely tell people that, that um, I am a child of God. And, um, I think one of, one of the scriptures that just kind of, I, I think like a lot of this question, because he said on one, on the other hand, I am a struggling homosexual and it's actually making me feel miserable and anxious because I'm struggling with my identity. So he's struggling with his identity, right? So when we are, when we're struggling with our identity, I think one of the things, um, to really focus on definitely is, um, like scripture, right? What does scripture say about our identity? So I'm pulling up some scripture here right now. And um, I have Ephesians 5, 8 through 9, right? According to scripture, one of the identities that we have in Christ is children of the light, right? I think this is super cool. So this is what Ephesians says. Um, For you were once darkness, but you are light in the world. Walk as children of light. For the spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So I really like that. Like, I mean, I think that's, <laughs> we're, we're not just, because it says that when we were in our sin before, we were full of darkness, right? But now um, we're not in that darkness because we're not in our sin because we're made righteous through the beautiful blood of Jesus Christ. And now we are walking we're not, we're not just walking in light. We are children of light. Like we have become the light because it says when we were in our sin, we were the darkness. But now that we are out of our sin because of Jesus's sacrifice, always because of Jesus, not because of anything that we could do or say or anything like that, um, we have now become the light along like becoming part of God's family. That's also another thing, you know, like I tell people I'm a child of God, like I am technically a part of God's family. And therefore, if, if you want to know something about me, I think that's the most interesting thing that you possibly could know about me is the fact that I'm a, I'm a child of God. So I pulled up another verse that's kind of similar. It is uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.5. 5, and it says, you are sons of light and sons of the day. And we are not of the night nor of darkness. And that's a beautiful scripture right there because that's just kind of reminding us once again that we are sons of light, that we are not sons of darkness. We're not sons of the night. We're not, we're, we are to be sober. We are not to be drunk. You know, we're not to be doing all these crazy things that usually people do in the night. Why? Because it's hidden and it's dark. Like, you know, there's like shame, there's pride, all those things involved in there. 
So I think that's a that's a beautiful identity that I definitely would take on is just like this whole idea. And of course, studying scripture is going to help illuminate that in your life. So going to the scripture and really sitting and meditating on this scripture, because I mean, I can't personally do that for you. You know, like I can't, I can tell you, hey man, you know, you're, you're a son of, of God, you know, you're, you're a child of God. You are, um, you're a light, you're walking in the light, like, um, like Ephesians tell us. Um, but if you don't go home, sit down, meditate on this, meditate on the scripture, um, it's going to be really difficult for you to understand that and proclaim that. And I think it also just takes time too. like, for example, for me, I'm still growing in my identity in Christ. It's been about three years since I've been born again. Um, and in those three years, I've done a lot. <laughs> but um, I'm also, I also every single day, I just learn to lean in more into my identity. I learn to lean in more into what it means to be, you know, walking in the light, to be of the light, to be a part of God's family and what that looks like. And then just spending some time in intimacy with Jesus um, and allowing him and the Holy Spirit, really the Holy Spirit, to um, to tell me what that means. He's my comforter. He's my guide. Um, and if I ask him, Holy Spirit, what is you know what does it mean to be a part of a, a royal family like this, a part of the family of God? What does it mean to be the light? You know, um, I think the Holy Spirit would be so wise. Like if we ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom, He is like going to give it to us. So sitting down and really. Um, focusing on those two scriptures, Ephesians um, 5, 8 through 9, and 1 Thessalonians uh, 5, 5. Definitely something that you can spend in, in your off time and in your intimate times with the Lord um, that will help strengthen that identity. And spending intimacy with, with Jesus is definitely a big one too, because <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of our ident identity um, issues really stem from the fact that we, we just don't spend enough time with Jesus. Um, as much as we should, because when we spend time with the Holy Spirit, when we spend time with Jesus, um, it becomes it becomes really easy um, because you, you you listen to Him, um, you get to sit with Him. He reminds you of certain things. Like the Holy Spirit is always reminding us of scriptures, always reminding us and pointing us to Jesus, the life of Jesus. Um, and without that time, without spending time with the Holy Spirit and intimacy with Jesus and worshiping Him and praying and you know, one of the ways that I do that is I like to listen to Upper Room sets. Um, if you guys haven't heard of Upper Room, they're a church in Dallas. They're incredible. Um, they do live worship sets uh, every single week, basically, in their prayer room. I also like to listen to IHOP sets. I talk about them all the time. Um, and I just, I really don't do much. I just open up the scripture and I sit there and I just, I just listen to what the Holy Spirit has to say for the day. Um, sometimes I don't even read scripture. I just I just meditate on him. Uh, I meditate on the worship, what the what what the worshipers are saying, how it's impacting me. How how am I letting that take root inside of my life? So those are things that you could definitely do. Not just like to hand out these scriptures to you because I'm sure like people have done that before in the past. Like oh this is what God's word has said. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything to me. And it's, it's never going to mean anything to you if you don't sit with it, meditate on it. And I'm not talking about meditation on like yoga or anything like that. I'm talking about meditating on God's word, which is good. Um, if, you don't, if you don't do those things, um, it's going to be really difficult for you to understand your identity. And remember that Rome wasn't built in a day either. Uh, it's going to take 
a lot of time, definitely a lot of time. So I, I wrote down a couple of things, um, a different identifications in, in as a Christian. Um, maybe you don't like child of God. I would say I'm a son of God. Um, I would say I am a, a part of a royal priesthood. <laughs> I am hidden in Christ. I am part of the redeemed. Um, I'm part of the chosen, you know, the chosen of God. So those are all different identities that, you know, you could definitely take on if you want to. Um, those And these all come from scripture. These are uh, ones that I pulled specifically from scripture. So, all right, let's move on to question number two. What does scripture say about heterosexual sex outside of marriage and homosexual sex? What is the difference? Is one worse than the other? So <laughs> I don't, I mean, I, I think I've definitely thought about this question a lot. And um, as I was looking into these questions and thinking about this, um, one thing that came to my mind, which I wrote down, and I wrote down, would it matter what the difference is if Jesus paid the price for all sins? I think sometimes we ask questions um, and we really don't need to know the answer to that. Uh, if, if the answer was in scripture, I would say, yeah, definitely. Let's go, let's ex explore it in scripture. Let's look at scripture. Let's see what scripture has to say about that. Um, but definitely uh, scripture is, it, it just, there is no outright verse that says, okay, this is homosexual sin and this is heterosexual sin and homosexual sin is worse or heterosexual sin is worse. You know, there is no outright scripture that definitely says that. So I think, I think sometimes we ask questions um, that we, we just really don't need to know the answer of because it's already being taken care of. And one of the things is, is that Jesus paid the price for all sins. So we, we really shouldn't think about so much, okay, what's the worst sin? Is stealing the worst sin? Is, um, is being you know addicted to sex the worst sin? Is um, sex out of marriage the worst sin? I think the question that we need to be asking is whether or not it is covered by the blood of Jesus. And it is covered by the blood of Jesus. So <laughs> um, like uh, Paul says, and I, I believe it's Romans where he talks a little bit about how there were thieves, uh, adulterers, um, homosexuals, you know, coveters, um, all these different types of sins, people and their identities. And he says, and such were some of you, right? So the blood can clean us, can wash us. And that is all that we should care about. That's all that we should care about. Like, the powers in the blood, you know, the power is so in the blood is, is so beautiful to be able to wipe away these old things that we did, you know, these old sins that we did um, and to give us a new identity. We become a new creation, you know, out of God's grace. Um, there's a gift. There's a gift that comes out of God's grace, which is eternal living, which is righteousness, which is the production of fruit within our lives. <laughs> it's kind of a weird way to say it, but it's true. So I don't. I don't. I don't think it matters. You know, definitely the the differences between heterosexual and homosexual sex. Um, definitely, if you're a lover of Jesus, that's not really something that's gonna be on your mind. Um, because it's just like, it's a waste of time. You know, it's like, it's like, okay, sin is covered by Jesus. And that's all I need to know in order for me to go out there and to tell people, Hey, your sin is covered by Jesus and, um, you can be made into a new creation. So whether someone's sin is heavier than a, another person's, it's, it's just not necessary, you know? So, um, I, I don't believe, uh, that every sin has the same consequences, but they all produce one thing in common, which is death and separation from God, right? So um, every sin definitely has different consequences. Like 
we we can ignore we cannot ignore that. For example, if I'm having homosexual sex, um, one of the consequences that I'm gonna probably get from that is that I might get some STDs. Like for example, I'm just speaking from my experience. When I was having sex, um, going on dates and um, sleeping outside of marriages with other men, um, like sleeping, I'm not like with guys who are married. <laughs> I'm talking about like sleeping outside, like premarital sex, <laughs> um, uh, even like in homosexuality, you know, um, I definitely, I got some STDs in that process. And, you know, it's a little embarrassing, but it's true. That was a consequence from that sin. But really the ultimate consequence of every sin is death. It's death. When when Adam and Eve were in the garden, uh, the, the consequence of their sin was that, number one, they would be separated from God. There would always be a separation. Now they couldn't live in the Garden of Eden, um, Eden anymore. I don't know. Did I say that correctly the first time? <laughs> but they couldn't live in the Garden of Eden the first time. And um, and so moving on from the garden, now their lifespans uh, were much shorter, right? So they were no longer going to live forever. They were, um, as a result of the sin, death made its way in, right? So that's kind of what happens is that there's different consequences to different sin. Now, if I'm a thief... I'll probably go to prison, you know, and I'll probably spend a lot of years in prison um, for whatever it is that I steal. Um, if I have gay sex, I probably won't go to prison. I mean, not in America, but um, I might just get an STD or there might be, you know, some things down the line that happen from that. I don't know. You know, um, speaking from my experiences, definitely like there is a spirit of lust that consumed me. Um, after having, I would say premarital sex, because that happens with heterosexual sex. And that also happens with homosexual sex. Um, but I like, do I think that there's really that much of a difference between both of them? No, I believe it's, um, like just my own opinion. If I'm just going to answer this question straight up, um, my own opinion is that, you know, there's definitely just, that's a spirit of lust, a spirit of lust and a behavior of lust. Um, and lust is all about ourselves. It's also rooted in pride, which was um, the, the sin of uh, Satan. So um, I don't think they're all that different. But yeah, definitely can produce different consequences. Um, to say that one is worse than the other, I just, um, I don't know if I have the biblical authority to say that. So, I mean, some people do, but that's on them. I, I definitely won't take any position when it comes to that. Um, and if I do, that's between me and Jesus. And I think that should be between you and the Holy Spirit too, unless scripture directly says that. All right, so question number three says, I am struggling with my father who really wants me to have a wife. I tried talking with him many times, but he is Catholic and very religious. I don't feel like he really understands scripture. Every time that we speak, it hurts me, and I feel like he hates a part of me that I cannot control. I believe one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control, and I don't need to become heterosexual. Could you help me find the Bible verses which would help him understand this issue, and that only God's grace can truly change a person? First off, I just want to say, man, I'm so sorry that your father um, has hurt you in this in, in these ways, you know, and, you, and you're feeling bad over this situation. Definitely, I think something that's very, um, um, I would say, common with uh, people who struggle with same-sex attraction is that they have issues with their dad. <laughs> they have daddy issues, <laughs> I would say. Not everyone, that's not the case for everyone, but what I've seen commonly is that, yes, um, a lot of us have problems with our dad. So I can definitely relate to you on that, and um, I know what that feels like um, to, 
to, to feel like somebody hates you for something that you, you literally cannot control. Like, um, I remember growing up when I was a little boy and for some reason, uh, like for, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of boys that were around me. So my whole family, all my cousins are girls. I have a sister and I only have a, a brother and in, he's like, we weren't, we weren't super close. We shared a room when we were little, but <laughs> we weren't super close. So I had a, I had spent a lot of time with my grandma and my mom and my cousins and they were, they were, you know, women that I looked up to. And so I was kind of very feminine growing up and I would just get like, so I, I would get bullied all the time for being feminine and for moving my hands, you know, like, like this. Um, if you're not watching, <laughs> I just like, like, uh, doing a feminine pose with my, with my hand. But, um, yeah, it was, it was very difficult. I remember coming home crying from school. I remember not being able to make friends and I, and I was just really upset. Cause I was like, I, I can't control this. You know, I, I can't try to be something that I'm not, you know, like, I don't, I don't know why I act feminine sometimes. I don't know why I think girls things are, are nice and pretty. I remember I used to love my sister's dresses and stuff. I didn't want to be a woman, but I, I, I liked the things I, I thought they were beautiful, the things that women wore and, and how they looked in their hair and, and all those different types of things. So, um, I definitely know what it feels like, uh, to be hated for something that you, you can't control. And I'm, I'm so sorry that you have to go through that. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that have to go through that too. And, um, and that makes me really, really sad. You know, there's just some things that a lot of us, we just don't have enough strength, um, to go through. But you know, the most beautiful thing about Jesus and following Jesus is that he gives you strength when you are weak. And, um, he, he just gives to us. He's a giver. You know, he gives us beautiful gifts. He gives us strength. Um, he, he, he really is the best, the bestest friend that you could ask for. And so uh, something that would be very sad with Jesus is um, actually quite beautiful because he turns um, nothing into something. He gets something that is absolutely nothing. It's, there's nothing to work with and he makes it into something just like he made us when he made us out of the dirt. So anyways, moving on, some things I wrote down about this question. Um, yeah, many religious people, they don't understand or even really know how to love solely because it's not actual relationship with Jesus. It's a religion. So referring to the fact that your father is Catholic, I don't have anything against, um, people who are Catholic. I have a lot of friends who are Catholic. Um, but, uh, definitely some weird things going on there with, uh, theology and doctrines. <laughs> um, and I'm just basing that on scripture alone and from being a biblical literature student, Definitely, I've noticed some things that I do not agree with from the Catholic faith. Um, however, um, I, yeah, I do think it's possible to be be Catholic and also have a relationship with Jesus, even though I don't agree with some of the things that they practice. Um, and maybe the Holy Spirit will reveal that to them in time. Um, but if your if your father is using his religion to hate on you, or to shame you or to make you feel bad, then yeah, definitely. Uh, there's, there's no fruit in that. So what does Jesus say? Jesus was like, obey me, you know, like, uh, follow my commandments, um, which just means to love God and to love one another, to love one another. If I'm hating you or shaming you or guilting you, um, especially for something you can't even control, um, I'm not following Jesus. Uh, and if my religion is if my religion is pushing me to do those things, that's religion. That's not Jesus. That's not relationship. So yeah, I definitely understand where you're coming from. And I've, I've been in that position too, where I met people who said that they were Christian and really they weren't just by the fruit of their living 
or just by the way that they treated me. You know, um, I met a lot of Christians like that in the church that just were not not very good people to me. You know, I, I really didn't see the fruit of their life. And so can I say with um, full confidence that they were truly uh, in a relationship with Jesus? I mean, I wouldn't make that judgment. I definitely wouldn't make that condemnation either. Um, but based on my experiences with them, I would question it. I would definitely question it. And, and you know, it's very interesting because scripture tells us to be uh, like to judge fruits. So we can, we can judge people by their fruits, you know, um, not the world, not sinners. <laughs> We're never supposed to do that. Um, but definitely people who say that they are Christians who are part of the community, who are part of the church, you know, we got to judge them by the fruits. And so I would, I, I definitely wouldn't bring that up with your dad. I wouldn't be like, Hey, you're not like a, you're not a true Christian. Um, that definitely is not a way to communicate either. You know, that's uh, another style of shaming and, and um, making someone feel bad and hating on another person because maybe they're just not where you would like them to be. Um, but I, w I would just know for, for your own confidence and for, uh, for your own feelings that just because he's saying those things, it doesn't reflect Christ. And it doesn't reflect, it doesn't reflect scripture. It definitely doesn't reflect scripture if he's not producing fruit. So, um... Yeah, someone who doesn't understand should put their trust and help in the Lord. So for example, if your dad, this is something I wrote down, if your dad doesn't understand the things that you're going through, he shouldn't shame you or guilt you or even hate you for those things. But a true Christian, someone who is truly walking in relationship with God, like for example, when I don't know like how to answer things or how to react, my first reaction is not, well, let me use a little bit of knowledge that I do know to make someone feel bad. <laughs> and I'm sure your dad is not uh, trying to make you do that, but um, like he's not, I, no one intentionally is like a villain, you know? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> Everyone thinks that they're right in their own mind, right? So um, I'm sure he maybe doesn't understand what he's doing, uh, possibly. Uh, you can make it clear, hey, that's really hurtful for me. Maybe being the bigger person, I know that that takes a lot of humility sometimes because and vulnerability, and that can be hard because they can hurt you even even more. But when you have your security in Christ, it won't matter what their responses are to you, and it won't matter what what they think about um, about you really, because all of your trust, all of your love, everything is is coming from Jesus. Will it hurt you temporarily? Yeah, maybe you know. But then when you take it to Jesus, you can definitely receive some healing from that. But if I don't understand something, like if someone's going through something, a sin that I don't understand, an addiction that I don't understand, my first reaction is not, oh my gosh, I got to pull up some scripture. I got to go into the Bible. I got to make them feel bad. You know, my first reaction is, oh, okay, well, let's ask the Holy Spirit. You know, let's pray together. Um, you want to fast together? Um, I want to be there. I want to comfort you. Because what am I trying to do? I'm trying to take on the characteristics of what I feel the Holy Spirit's characteristics are according to scripture. Um, if I am a mini Christ, you know, I'm a Christian, um, I'm going to want to do what I believe Christ would have done. And Christ wouldn't go around um, hating on you for something that you cannot control. I really don't think he would do that. Um, even things that we can control, he didn't even come to condemn us for. You know, like, for example, the prostitute who she, I mean, she, I definitely believe she could have controlled not being a prostitute, maybe not those feelings, um, but the prostitute, yeah, definitely. That's not a career that she, that she had to pick, you know, maybe she did, but we don't know. But um, just as an example, he didn't condemn her. He didn't make her feel bad. He says, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not here to judge you. Just walk away and sin no more. You know, like, um, I'm here to help. Like, I want, I don't want you to 
continue to do these things, but let's pray together. You know, let's, let's be there for each other. Let's walk with each other. So I think that that would definitely be a better way for your father to react. And if you're not getting that reaction, you already know it's religion. It's not relationship. Don't blame Jesus and don't even blame him. You know, take it up, take it up with God and be like, oh man, you know, the devil, the devil is so evil. He makes people evil because it's humans are never the, the issue really. Um, it's the spiritual powers that are above us. So, um, uh, like I said, I'm sorry that it feels this way. Um, you may have to be the bigger person in the situation and just, um, tell your father how much this is actually hurting you. Um, I would also agree that self-control is most definitely a fruit of the spirit. And yes, you don't have to prove that you're in Christ by becoming heterosexual. So I think that's common. Like that's very common within, uh, uh, homosexuals that have now become, that are former homosexuals that are, you know, now walking with the Lord, I think they try to prove to other people that they don't have same-sex attraction, you know, they don't struggle with same-sex attraction, or maybe they're not, uh, their identity is not in that anymore, but just getting married, or getting a girlfriend, or becoming heterosexual, you know, like, I don't, that is not a solution, that is not, not, not a solution, and, you know, growing up, the reason, one of the reasons why I took on this ministry and why I make YouTube videos and podcasts and all these things is not because I want to be famous, <laughs> not because I want views, not because uh, I want people to know me. I'm, I'm secure in Christ. I did this because there was nobody that was talking about the things that I felt like as a Christian I was going through. You know, one of those things was um, there was very few um, people who have walked out of the homosexual lifestyle that weren't like married and had kids. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think it's a beautiful thing, you know? Um, hopefully they're doing it the with the right intentions. But I was like, I've never seen anyone who has come out of the homosexual lifestyle and they're just content being single and, and being with Jesus, you know? Just being like a eunuch, you know? Um, totally just living for the kingdom. And I don't think that's a bad thing. And I think sometimes with peer pressure, we won't, we're not trying to please, we're not trying to please God. We're not trying to please Jesus. We're just trying to please other people. And then we got to, retrospectively look back um, on ourselves and ask us the question, why do I feel like I need to get married? Why do I feel like I need to get a girlfriend to prove to other people that um, I don't struggle with same-sex attraction or that same-sex attraction doesn't define me or that being like being gay anymore doesn't define me? Um, I don't need to do that. I just need to tell people, hey, uh, that doesn't define me. Um, even though I have same-sex attraction, I don't have to get a wife for that to go away. You know, like I believe if it's gonna go away, that Jesus is gonna do that thing. It's Jesus in me that's going to do that transformation. You know, he's the one that's going to plant that leaven inside of me, just like he talks about in Matthew, you know, that's going to produce transformation. It's going to make something that's flat into something that's round, you know, like bread. But um, definitely getting a wife, is, if, if, it's, <laughs> I actually knew someone who had uh, come out of the homosexual lifestyle, got married, and then cheated on their wife um, with another man, you know? And for years, he was cheating on his wife with another man, you know, and this is common. This happens a lot. And it's not to uh, to throw down their testimonies or to even make them look bad, but it's just like when we introduce a marriage into a situation and Christ is not asking us to do that, we just ruined, you know, the plan and the process that Christ wanted us to go through sometimes with him and just him. Um, marriage is a beautiful thing. And I definitely... I'm looking forward to getting married in the future if that's it's that's within God's plan for my life, but it's not a solution. The only solution is God. God has always been the solution. He will forever be the solution. So yeah, definitely self-control is a beautiful fruit of the spirit. 
it is an amazing fruit of the spirit and having the self-control to every single day uh, not really put your identity in marriage or put your identity within being gay or being a homosexual, but uh, putting your identity in Christ and, and struggling with the same-sex attraction and not giving into it is, I think, really beautiful because it's, it's self-control, you know? And that's what we're supposed to be producing, fruit. So uh, verses E, um, I have some verse from Ma- Matthew 19, 11 through 12. It says, but he said to them, all cannot accept the saying, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born thus from their mother's womb. And there are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men. And there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. And he who is able to accept it, let him accept it. So this is Jesus saying this. I love how like we glorify marriage so much sometimes in the church buildings. We really, really love to glorify marriage and being with somebody else, um, which is, is, is a beautiful thing when Christ is at the center, but uh, it's not something that Jesus glorified. <laughs> Isn't that weird? You know, Jesus didn't go around just like, hey, yeah, just get married and then you'll be complete in me. No, he went, you know, those who can accept this, accept this. When he was asked about divorce, when he was asked about being single, when he was asked about marriage, he said, some people are going to be eunuchs. And I and he thinks that's a beautiful thing. He's like, he who is able to accept it, let him accept it. And I have a whole podcast on that. I believe it's called, um, man, I don't remember the name of it, like single or something like that, or eunuchs. Um, but you can look that up. I think it's like maybe like the third episode of Christian in Progress or something like that. Um, but I, I just, it's like a whole research paper. What does eunuch mean? What does that look like? Um what does that feel like? You know, like what does scripture say about that? Um, it's very interesting. So go ahead and listen to that if you haven't, if you still have questions about Matthew 19, 11 through 12. Um, also, one thing is don't just look to scripture to prove someone else wrong. So sometimes we tend to do that because I know that you want to go back to your dad and you want to you want to tell him and you want to tell him off and be like, look what scripture says. Look, see, Jesus said eunuchs. Jesus didn't say marriage. Jesus didn't say to do any of these things. Aha, I got you. But that's also a form of like shaming someone. That's also a form of like taking the upper hand. And if you're secure in your relationship, also, he's not going to get it either. Like if he doesn't have a relationship with Jesus and he's super religious, like he's just going to be like, whatever, I don't care. He's going to keep his bias. You know, he's going to keep his opinion. He's not going to understand. So you're wasting your time. Um, But look at scripture to let it like change and transform you. Don't just look at scripture when you need answers. I mean, that's good. It's really good to go to scripture for answers, but look to scripture as like a lifestyle. You know, it's something like a lifestyle transformation. Like I'm going to study this. I'm going to sit on this. I'm going to read this because I love it. It's the words of God. um, And I believe it can change my life and produce fruit in me. So that's something I wanted to say. But also something else is that um, if you did just want a Bible verse for yourself and not to go shove it in someone's face, (laughs) uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10 says, And he said to me, this is Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities than the power of Christ, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasures in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecution, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So here, clearly, there was something wrong that was going on with Paul in his life. And he even asked the Lord, Lord, um, 
I need some help with this. Are you willing to take this thing away from me? And a lot of people are debating like, what was that thing? I think it's useless to debate. Um, well, we'll just ask Paul when we get to heaven, you know? Um, but one of those things was, um, that God was like, no, my grace is sufficient enough for you. You know, this is second Corinthians. My grace is sufficient enough for you. Um, and I love that because when we are weak, truly his strength shines within us. When I get on YouTube and I say, Hey, I still struggle with same sex attraction. Um, it doesn't define me. Is that a weakness or is that a strength? It's a strength because it shows just how amazing God is given me the spirit of self-control. God has helped me in this journey to be able to walk that out instead of just being like, yeah, I live a lovely life. I totally don't have those types of feelings anymore. And now I'm married with a wife and kids and you know, everything's Gucci. Everything's fine. <laughs> um, like very, very different than if I jump on YouTube and I say, yeah, I'm still struggling, but you know what? God is awesome. And I still follow him every single day. That's a strength. That's a real strength. And that comes from God. And so that's basically what Paul is trying to say within that verse. All right. So moving on to question number four. Do you still feel the desire for guys and how do you cope with that? What Bible verses help you in those moments? I mean, like I've said in this entire podcast, I still struggle with same-sex attraction. Of course, that doesn't define me. Once again, what defines me is my relationship with Jesus and what that looks like and um, what the results of that are. That's what defines me as as I am a child of God. So even though I still struggle with same-sex attraction, um, it, it, it's like it, it it really is like honestly it is something that is difficult but i i don't fix my eyes on the sin i don't fix my eyes on the difficulties i fix my eyes on getting closer to god i fix my eyes on really leaning in on how i can have a better fuller relationship with him um so it's kind of like um half cup a cup half empty cuff half full kind of look like I can either look at the negative I can look at the sin I can focus on the sin I can glorify the sin how do I get the sin to go away um what am, like the sin defines me or I'm always thinking about the sin or what about if I just think about how good Jesus is what if I think about how I can have a better relationship with him what if I think uh how um how I can memorize more scripture you know like things that are positive instead of negative so yeah of course I still have uh, this desire sometimes these feelings that come to me more specifically at the gym a lot of things have been broken down so just to make it clear um, I no longer believe a lot of things that I used to believe when I was in that lifestyle like I used to believe that two men um, can fall in love and be together and I just don't believe that anymore I, I really don't and I think everyone is entitled to their opinions and I respect everyone's opinion if if, if you're married or if, if you yourself are in a committed same-sex relationship and you believe that um, you're in love then I respect that you know I like for example I, I believe that for many years, but a lot of my changing, my mind has been renewed through the, through the scripture. And so I, I don't really struggle with that anymore. As in the beginning I did, I was like, oh, I just really want to fall in love. I want to find this person that I want to be with and I want to spend time with them. And I'm like, I believe this is love that I don't have those type of thoughts anymore. The kind of thoughts that I have more are more sexual like based. They're like lustful thoughts. Um, so they're not romantic thoughts anymore because Christ has like slayed that in my mind, <laughs> if I'm making any sense. Um, so one of my weaknesses when I go to the gym and I see all these guys are really masculine and it reminds me sometimes of my past. Um, and I look at them and I think, oh man, I wish like, I wish I could be with that guy right now. Like that guy can bring me some comfort or, you know, I start lusting, but I catch myself and I remember to bring Jesus into those thoughts. And so, and then Jesus introduces 
to me what he thinks about those men, what he thinks about them, and as his like as as that they are a creation from God, I have to respect them and I have to love them. You know, um, I can't think of them as an object for my own self-pleasure. I can't look upon those guys and think, oh yeah, this is something for me to use for so that I can gain something. Um, that's not love, that's lust. So, um, and there's so many different types of forms of lust, but yeah, definitely. I think some of the ways that I cope that is I just let, I let Jesus in on that. I don't push Jesus out. I'm like, oh, this is, this is an unholy thought. Like Jesus, Jesus wouldn't want any of this. You know, Holy Spirit wouldn't want any of this. No, Holy Spirit wants to help me. Holy Spirit wants to be let into those thoughts. He wants to correct me. He wants to communicate with me. He wants to show me things. And so definitely allowing and being open to the Holy Spirit in my mind when I have those types of thoughts. Scripture does help me, it, but it also, it really depends on the day. Like you said, what Bible verses help you in those moments? It depends on the day and what I'm currently studying in, in, in my intimacy with, with God. Because, um, for example, I, I have terrible memory. <laughs> Probably shouldn't say that because I believe that there's power in the words. But I don't have the best memory. And so verses that I've actually memorized are very few. <laughs> um, but some things that really stay rooted in me are what are the things that I'm currently studying. So if I'm doing a study on Matthew or if in my intimacy I'm doing... So for example, I'm doing a study of Romans right now in my intimacy with Jesus. Um, and so I'm, I'm really like Romans talks a lot about, you know, walking out of sin into, into, into the light of God and our salvation. So if I'm at the gym and I have those thoughts, I, I tend to remember, okay, what did I read about this morning? What did I read about, um, that really stayed with me from the Holy Spirit and from the scripture? So that kind of really helps me. Another specific scripture that I guess I could give would be Genesis 25, the story of Esau and Jacob. Um, and just to give it a little bit of context, uh, so Esau, he sells his birthright because he's the older brother. Um, he sells it to Jacob for a cup of uh, soup or a cup of noodles, you know, a bowl of noodles or whatever, bowl of lentils. And uh, something that is so valuable back in the ancient world, you know, your birthright, you know, the blessing of being um, like being the older son sold for just a moment of weakness for a soup. Like what? That's crazy. So I, I like to think about that a lot when in the moment it seems so savory, you know, it, it looks so good. I am thirsting so bad. I need it. You know, like, I'm like, oh man, this, this would bring me so much pleasure right now. I definitely understand um, Esau and what he was feeling that day. He was like so thirsty, he could die. You know, that's what it sometimes can feel like. But then I remember, is this worth my birthright? Is this worth my inheritance? Is this worth like giving up the kingdom? You know, like, is, is this worth it? you know, and not that if I sin, I'll lose my salvation or anything like that, you know, there's definitely grace, um, but um, if I don't need to do those things, I shouldn't do those things, you know, um, and I believe you can walk away because Holy Spirit does mature you and grow you and helps you to walk away from those types of situations, so that's a story that I always think about, and um, I always like to focus on just like how real heaven is, how real the kingdom of heaven is. Jesus, that was his message. Jesus talked about the kingdom of heaven all of the time. Um, he loved to talk about the kingdom of heaven. That was it, <laughs> you know? Um, and so I like to make that real. I like to think about where I'm going, what it's gonna look like the first time that I'm gonna see Jesus, how I'm gonna hug him, what he's gonna smell like. Um, just weird things like that. <laughs> Those things really do help me a lot. Um, and making heaven real in my mind, um, I'm like, oh, you know what? I think I can... I can lay off this uh, this temptation.
because um, this this is just not worth it as good as heaven is. And I'm also reminded of a scripture that's like, we don't even know the beauties that Jesus has prepared for us or planned for us that are to come in the next life. And I want to know those things. I want to see those things. And so that's very real to me. And making that real in my life is a priority. Making the words of Jesus real in my life is a priority because it's very real. It's, it's more real than this life, I would say. So uh, that is the end of those questions. I hope that I helped you, man. <laughs> and um, I hope that I helped other people too with these types of questions. And I'm so glad that you reached out to me. And guys, if you ever have any questions, like how I said, I'm so opening, I I'm, I'm open to uh, like answering them on Instagram um as as long as it's not too many if not i'll just probably answer it on a podcast <laughs> and so i'm so thankful that you guys joined me on this podcast and made it all the way through the end if you haven't already um rate this podcast on apple Podcasts or spotify i believe you can rate it on apple um and also like and share if you're watching this on youtube and leave a comment down below i read all of them i really do um, and I like some of them too. <laughs> um, and I hope you guys have an awesome blessed day. And I hope that you know you've grown um, from this podcast and that the Holy Spirit would uh, communicate with you guys something, a fresh revelation uh, through the things that we've talked about here. So thank you guys once again for listening to podcasts and peace out.